from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from the ESPN studios at Pier 17 in the Seaport District of New York City, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The blockbuster trade over the weekend that is in the works that will send Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards to the Phoenix Suns has raised a lot of questions. We've been breaking it down all show. But one of the biggest questions is, what does this mean for the biggest star that the Suns have? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Nick Friedell, Lim for Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And Nick, I'm just going to let you let you work here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of the way and, and let you be the scorer here that you are because you know Kevin Durant better than most. You have been around Kevin Durant. You have covered Kevin Durant. You are familiar with KD in every possible way. And what's funny to me is that the first conversation anytime we talk about a KD team is what's it mean for his legacy? I guess my question to you, like before we even get into the conversation is, what what is he like? Does he even care about that at this point? Like, if you're KD and you see this news come in, how do you think he's reacting? He loves the Beals on this team, and Fitz, of course, he cares because, uh, and I've talked to him many times about it. <laughs> Kevin is well aware of who says what, who tweets what, who writes what. He knows, but I would tell you at this stage in his career, he cares less than he may have earlier. And as far as Kevin Durant's legacy goes, and it is, it's almost comical at this point. The Suns make a move, the Nets make a move. Back when he left the Thunder for the Warriors, what does this mean for Kevin Durant's legacy? What are people going to say? Kevin Durant's legacy is that he won two titles and he's got two finals MVPs. People are going to hate him still because he left Fitz. He can't change that, it's over. But nothing he does, in my mind, having covered him now for the better part of a a decade in several different places, it's not going to change. If the Suns go win a title, what is going to be that much different? Because people are always going to go back to, see, he left that team. He left the Thunder. He could have just stayed and been one of the all-time greats with one franchise. It didn't happen. And so I count me as a person that thinks, I don't care if Bradley Beal plays all 82 games and the Suns go all the way to the title. Everybody is still going to find a way to knock down Kevin Durant if they want to. So much of what you say echoes the way I've felt about this for a long time on another hot NBA topic that always creates debate. The GOAT. Like, at this point, you know, there's a spot for me where, as you were talking, all I kept thinking about was the barbershop. The best part about the NBA conversation is it really is the barbershop coming to radio. It's the barbershop coming to a sports bar. The other thing that, as as I say that, I've realized now, just listening to you talk, nobody ever changes anybody's mind in the barbershop. Ever. And that's where we are. Like, at this point, you have never looked at the guy sitting in the chair and been like, wait, what? And then actually by the end of it had them say, oh, you know what? You've opened my eyes to a new – like, if you believe MJ is the GOAT, nothing's going to change your mind. LeBron can win the next 15 championships. If you believe LeBron is the GOAT, nothing's going to change your mind. He could lose the next 15 championships. People have dug in and made up their mind exactly who KD is. So if you think KD is a villain because he left OKC to to go to Golden State, personally, I don't, then nothing's going to change your mind. If you think KD is sensitive, even though you're yelling that at us for talking about 
about things, which shows our own sensitivities. Like, nothing's going to change your mind. In my mind, at some point, who is Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant is one of the best players of his generation that has won titles and done things that most basketball players would only dream of doing. Now, where you want to put that on your Mount Rushmore, I'm not going to change anybody's mind. You're right. KD has to find peace with the fact that this is his current situation. But what, what really hits me as I say that, Nick, is that there's also a part of me that says, Maybe he has found peace. Maybe this is peace because, like, at the end of the day, he just wants to win. He doesn't care about the the Suns' future. He wants to win a championship right now. So you know he had to approve this. If he looks around the landscape and says, ah, screw it, the best way I'm going to win a championship is with Brad. Let's go. Come on. Like, I wonder if that's just – if it's as simple as that sometimes. Fitz, I think it is a terrific point, and I think it's worth hammering home that – one, Phoenix doesn't make this move unless Kevin Durant says, hey, you know what, I think I can make this work. And if this is the best option for us, let's do it. But there is a crucial component in the construction of this iteration of the Suns, especially now that Beal is going to appear in Phoenix. What did Kevin and all the Suns personnel continue to say after they made that move to get him out of Brooklyn in February? They believed he was going to be even better in this situation because there were little to no distractions. Devin Booker loves the game. He's not into all the drama off the floor. He just wants to play. Chris Paul before him, same thing. He just wanted to win. It didn't happen last season. But Bradley Beal, by all accounts, seems to be a really solid teammate on top of being a hell of a player. And Booker has only said 500 times since that deal went down how much better of a player he feels like he'll be playing alongside Durant. There is no Kyrie. As much as Kevin appreciated how unbelievable a player is, he also knew how much of a distraction Kyrie could be off the floor and how much that seeped into the locker room in Brooklyn. Same goes for Harden. They know how great he still can be in doses. But once he checked out, it was over. So for better or worse for Phoenix, this is their group, and the group is focused on the game. And as far as Kevin Durant and his legacy and a potential uh, next title goes, I think he is in a very good place because there's nothing to derail the focus of the group with what they have right now. And he's one of the best players in the world. Inarguably, he is one yep. of the best players in the world. He's Nick Friedle. I'm Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. This is what Alan Hahn, our buddy from Barton Hahn, said this morning on Get Up about what all of this means for KD. In the end, this is going to be all about Kevin Durant. And can Kevin Durant win a championship because he's gone to different places, tried to, they try to put stars around him to try to win. And that's what this is all going to be about in the very end. Kevin Durant winning a championship. Here's where I disagree with everything that Han just said. It'll never be all about that because there will be people that will force the Bradley Beal portion. Of, oh, man, he had to have another $50 million player added to the lineup for him to be able to win it. Jokic won it. He didn't have to have Bradley Beal to do it. Jimmy Butler went to the finals. He didn't, th- this is what everybody's going to do. Like, I, I, I mean, just being painfully blunt. If I put a shock collar on every ESPN radio host the day after Phoenix wins the championship and said you're going to get shocked every time you say the word Brooklyn, 
how many people would just lose their jobs that day? Because there is no conversation that will be allowed to happen with KD that can just be about what's happening right now. It will always be about whatever's been perceived from what's happened in the past. It, like Nothing is going to change it no matter what we try and do. So what's the point? If you're KD, why do you care at this point? Like At this point, all you can do is go and try and win. Fitz, you laid it out so well that I'm sure Kevin, if and when he listens to, to us, if he's not listening right now, is going to sit there and go, yep. That's just about right. Because the greatest thing that could happen in the the embrace debate era of sports talk that we are in is if Durant actually won in Phoenix. Because if he won, there'd be a thousand people the next day that would be ready to tear down what he accomplished with winning <laughs> with the Suns and with Beal and, and finding a way to make Booker even better. So... Whatever you believe about Kevin Durant is not going to be swayed on whether or not he leads this team to a title. You have to acknowledge, even if you hate the fact that he left OKC, that he's one of the best players ever. And I think Kevin, in his own maturity, especially over the last few years, and especially because of that experience in Brooklyn, understands now that he just has to play. And he can't worry so much about all the opinions that are around him all the time because fits, they're not going to change no matter what. Uh, Evan, producer extraordinaire, Devin, I got to ask you guys a very simple question. Uh, if we were to put a shock collar around every ESPN radio host, who who gives up first? Like, Devin, who who just walks out for it? The first time they're shocked, who just walks out and never, like, because you know me, like, I, I mean, I don't am, have Am any, I allowed to say you? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm sticking around, man. I need that NFL. I, I don't have that NFL money. Uh, this is my job. Like, that's how I pay my bills. You're just going to keep shocking me over and over. I'm only going to say Brooklyn one time. Like, after that, the, the word won't come. I, like, I'm a quick learner. I'm not leaving first. No, I, I need this job. I feel like Harry would be the first ESPN radio. Well, maybe Keyshawn. You, you, if Keyshawn got shocked, he's walking out for First. Harry is second, right? Like the NFL money guys are the first to walk out if they got shocked for saying the word Brooklyn the day. And after Canty's Brooklyn. third or out of pride, he would just have to stick around. I think. Yeah, it wouldn't even bother Canty. That neck is so thick. It wouldn't even. Carlin is third, right? Like Carlin's oh, like, yeah. ah, ah, I'm not doing it. like uh, Carlin's third, right? Like there's no, I, I feel. Feel like we got this, Evan? You, we, we, no, Evan's not even chiming in on it. Evan's staying away from it. Shot collar analysis, the only, uh, the o- only on this show. <laughs> All right, coming up, a big story in sports always leads to some good takes, some hot takes. We'll decide what's good. We'll decide what's hot. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. take that's good great or a hot take how hot red hot find out now with Fitz and Harry it's Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio the ESPN app Sirius XM channel 80 Jason Fitz hanging out with Nick Friedle Nick showing off the dance moves I don't know what it is with my co-hosts but like Every time I have a co-host, they, they like to dance to the sweet, sweet tunes. Nick, I appreciate that very much. Nick in for Harry Douglas. Always, uh, my man. You know, I, I love it. Uh, Nick's coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. All right. This game is simple. 
Good take, hot take. We're going to play a take from one of our peers, and then we will be the judge, jury, executioner, all of it, to decide if that take is good, we think they're brilliant, or hot, they've lost their damn minds. Nick, are you ready for this? Yes, sir. I just can't believe we found enough takes to go through. Mr. Well, Fitz. during football season, I usually just call this the Orlovsky take, because we can just give you all of Dan's terrible takes, one after the other after the other, and then most of them are hot. Uh, we'll start with one. We're going to get you warmed up with one I, I think I know how you're going to react to. This is Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst on SportsCenter, about what the Bradley Beal trade does for the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns with this big three, should be the favorite of coming out of the West and winning next year's title. Now, I don't know what's going to happen throughout the course of the offseason, and I know we just getting started, but at the end of the day, currently constructed, this is the best team in basketball. Suns, best team in basketball. Good take or hot take? Hot. Hot. My mouth is on fire, Mr. Fitz. I, I love Perk, but ugh. this team has no depth. They have no depth. Beal is really good. He's really good. But you're telling me that this team is better than Denver? They're not. Uh, I don't buy that they're going to find the other players that they're going to need on top of the fact fits. I don't buy that they're going to be able to stay healthy going into the playoffs and through a long postseason run. So I am not on board with this one. Yeah, not only are you right, but it reminds me of when I placed, uh, you know, Fairly, fairly decent wager on the Suns to win the uh, NBA championship right after the trade. And all of my friends that cover the league said, wait, 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 wait. They're not going to win the championship. They're not deep enough. We knew that a couple of months ago. But now with this one trade, magically that depth issue is fixed. Nah, it's not fixed. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going uh, not gonna to place that bet again. It's a little good take, hot take. Now we've got Jordan Love, Packers quarterback on Twitter. A little bit of a, a, a happy Father's Day message here for Bears fans. Happy Father's Day to uh, all the Bears fans out there. Go Pack Go. All right, so Go Pack Go. Happy Father's Day to all the Bears fans. Huh. Good take. Hot take to be out there. Uh, I, if it's, I love the confidence here, but I'm going to say hot take because Jordan Love, I, I know this is some breaking news, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and he hasn't heard the right to, to throw that kind of uh, just – at the entire fan base in Chicago. I I would have steered clear of that one because you have not earned the years and years that Mr. Rogers has. I, I agree with you. Now, Jordan Love has gone to social media to point out that he was asked to do a special favor for a fan, didn't think much of it. See, you all really took it and ran with it regardless. I hope everyone had a great Father's Day. That fan asked him to, asked him to make a Happy Father's Day video uh, for Bears fans. Uh, so, look, fine. I get all of that. But when the person you are taking over for has pronounced to the whole world that he owns the Bears franchise, maybe you, you maybe you just avoid this one. Like, you know, at some point, uh, I, I will say, I, I had some people walk up to me in Vegas and ask me if I want to make a video. Answer to that was no. All right? Sometimes you just got to say no. I'm just saying. Holster your tweeter, as my pal Tom Waddle says, from ESPN <laughs> 1000 in Chicago, Fitz. You don't have to be nice to everybody. You got to protect yourself. I would have steered clear if I were Jordan Love. I, I sat down at Cabo Wabo and they were doing a live news broadcast right next to me of the of the parade. And uh, and the the host that was doing the live hits from that spot, like three inches from my arm, looked over and was like, oh my gosh, you work for ESPN? I was like, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And she was like, can I interview you live on air? And I was like, oh God, no. I was like, I, I have... I have 
put things in my system that should not allow me to be on television. Sometimes you just, you just gotta make decisions. Uh, Jeff Turner made this decision when he, uh, ESPN radio host, was on primetime over the weekend. This is what he said about Bob Huggins being allowed to resign after being arrested with a DUI this weekend. I don't know that not allowing a man who's 69 years old, who meant so much to the university, and obviously had some mistakes as of late, doesn't get the chance to resign instead of get fired. Plus, if you're West Virginia, financially, it benefits your university more. You actually benefit from it by letting him resign. So I I think that's the route I would have gone if I was running it. Nick, I'm going to hop in on this one first just just because I'm fired up about it. This is a hot take, and, and Jeff's a buddy. It's a bad take. All right, look, number one, you fire him. Number two, you fire him for cause. You should have done that after he went on a Cincinnati radio station and said deplorable, awful, terrible things. But you didn't do that. And now a coach that has a driver on his contract that will pick him up anywhere or is, frankly, the head coach of a basketball team that he can call any of the assistants and say, hey, I'm drunk. I can't drive. Please, somebody come in. The equipment manager will come pick coach up, right? We know in these cities you have every single possible way. If you stand up in front of a locker room and you say never, embarrass my school and then you do that you embarrassed them when you talked on the mic you embarrassed yourself your family and your school when you got behind the wall the, the wheel with triple the legal limit in your system and decided you should drive you don't get to resign you don't get to decide in that moment that you're not going to be a part of a school a school has an obligation to fire your ass and do it quickly and loudly and then go after cause so they don't pay you another dime it's a bad take it's a hot take Couldn't have said it any better. I agree with you completely in West Virginia. Once again, with how they've handled the situation, just comes out looking like, uh, what are you doing? It's good take, hot take on Fitz and Harry. Nick Friedel in for Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Andrea Carter, ESPN basketball analyst, gave us this take on game night about Victor Wembenyama. Think about how many people are excited for every player that's getting drafted to their team not knowing how it's going to play out. It's all based on potential. It's all based on what we've seen in the past. And that's kind of the special thing about the draft is there could be sneaky guys that you end up saying, wow, he was the best guy in that draft class, and no one actually knows it. I do think Wembenyama is going to be one of the greatest players we have ever seen. One of the greatest we've ever seen? Go take hot take. Oh, man. I mean, that just on principle, Mr. Fitz, that's a hot take. I, that that is a scorcher at the end here. Wow, I I think Webinyama can be great. One of the greatest players we've ever seen. I I am not ready to take that leap. I trust my man Brian Windhorst. He went over to Paris several times. He's talked to Webinyama. He says that he can have an immediate impact right away. To take it to that kind of step though, where he is the greatest we've ever seen at at the age he's at with all the variables in play that Andrea I I really enjoy your coverage but whoo that one was hot you know why it's a hot take because you're right it is a hot take but the reason it's a hot take to me is we just had a whole conversation about a two-time MVP not being good enough a two-time finals MVP multiple-time champion not being on the Mount Rushmore for people because some people don't like the way that he won those titles like Kevin Durant can barely even get credit for who he is in the NBA right now and realistically he is one of the best players like to, to think about what it takes to actually be credited as one of the best players of all time I, it just it's so impossibly variable we as society are so impossibly difficult on it I wouldn't put that on women I think he's gonna be great though fits on top of that think about all 
the pressure that will be on Webinyama from right now moving forward. It'll never be this good again <laughs> for Victor. He better enjoy the hell out of these next few days because the second the Spurs make this pick, the second he doesn't start dropping 25 and 30 and be a difference maker every night, he is going to learn what every great before him has figured out in this league. Nobody is universally beloved, and everybody seems to want to take a piece out of your legacy on a daily basis and knock you down. God, that is well said. by uh, Devin, clip that off. That was just so brilliantly said about the way we cover the NBA. All right, that's some good take, hot take. Coming up, Bradley Beal's on his way to the Suns. It's not the only move that'll shake up the NBA offseason. We'll tell you about the breaking news from today next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Just when you thought the NBA was only going to give us one piece of blockbuster news, today, the NBA continued to rule headlines. As we now know, that Draymond Green is exploring all options and has declined his player option. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Nick Friedell in for Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. So this is what we know. Again, uh, according to Clutch's Rich Paul to ESPN regarding Draymond Green declining his player option, the quote, we will continue to talk to Golden State and explore our options. Uh, it was expected Green would opt out. Now we can talk with the Warriors, explore sign and trade. He can explore free agency. Uh, the Warriors, according to Woj, have been motivated to sign Green on a new deal. It raises a question of what's next for Draymond because uh, realistically right now they're going to have to make some decisions, but he's also going to have to look around the landscape and see where he wants to be. Uh, that has us thinking about possible destinations. And what gets interesting about all of that to me at some point, Nick, is what it means for a place like Memphis. We asked Bobby Marks earlier, you know, if it should be a consideration. Bobby made a strong point. Not sure he really wants to be a babysitter right now in his career. But, I mean, if you're you're Memphis, you got to find somebody like Draymond. Like, you need to bring somebody to calm the ship, correct? If you're Memphis, Fitz, I can't think of a better person than Draymond Green. Truly. Because he has not only the championship pedigree, but he's been through so many different highs and lows in the league that he's really the perfect person to teach any young player what they need to do and how they need to handle themselves and learn from the mistakes that he's made. And Steve Kerr has mentioned it many times how helpful Draymond has been to younger players in the group. Although, even as you say that, uh, Fitz, I covered that Warriors team for three and a half years. The younger players adore Draymond at a level that you can't fully understand unless you see it day by day. But the flip side of that is he knocked out Jordan Poole. So there's good Draymond, there's bad Draymond. It's all part of the experience. But Steve Kerr has said it on record several times now. The Warriors aren't the Warriors competing for titles moving forward without Draymond Green. So while it's fun to discuss other options, and certainly if you're Rich Paul, Draymond's agent, you're looking at every option you can. I just don't believe that at this stage for both parties involved that Draymond and the Warriors will come to a breakup. I don't disagree with you. I think, you know, frankly, it makes the most sense. If I'm Memphis, though, 
I got to look around and say, look, I've been the two seed, what, two years in a row? I'm winning a bunch of games. I just don't win in the playoffs. Now, this year, they were decimated by injuries. I think that's a huge factor. Even last year, obviously, they had the injury to jaw. So, like, two years in a row, they've had some injury issues. Now they're trying to figure out what to do and how to normalize, like, how to slow everything down with jaw. And we know it's a 25-game suspension if you missed that Friday. Obviously, that was the big news. It's a 25-game suspension. In fact, this is Tim McMahon, ESPN NBA uh, reporter from the Hoop Collective, talking about what he's hearing around the league regarding Jaw's suspension. I have heard indirectly that Jaw and people close to Jaw, perhaps people formerly close to Jaw, have this feeling that the NBA is out to get him, the media is out to get him. And I just say, are you damn stupid? Why the like? Do you not think the NBA desperately wants this ridiculously entertaining young American? superstar to succeed here's why i wanted to make sure everybody heard that nick because part of this 25 game suspension for memphis and for job has to be about coming out on the other side of it different if you are sitting in this moment and you feel like everybody's out to get you that just speaks to lack of personal ownership and how you got to where you are and i again I, i use this example a lot so forgive me if everybody's heard this a million times but my brother served seven years for possession with the intent to distribute when he finally turned his life around it was when he stopped thinking that everybody else was coming for him and started just saying okay this is the reality i've created I got to work my way out of it. I give him a lot of credit, although we are not close. I give him a lot of credit for him being able to turn his life around. But I I remember so vividly at those points where he was constantly in and out of trouble. It was always, yeah, but this person's out to get me. This person's trying to make this happen. This like it, There was never just a moment where you looked in the mirror and thought, okay, doesn't really matter why I'm here. I just got to get out of here. And that's the moment that has to happen. When I hear him in his camp, him being Ja, saying that they feel like people are out to get him, that makes it less likely in my mind that somebody like Draymond matters because you got to be willing to receive that message in order for that message to do any good. And I'm not sure right now there's a lot of indication that there's a message being received. Fitz, the point is so well taken, and I take it a step deeper in this regard. I'll take you back to the media room in Memphis, the press conference room after the Nets played the Grizzlies, and Kevin Durant, who we spent a lot of time talking about throughout the show today, sat there and said, Ja Morant is the next face of the league. There are millions of kids all over the place who believe in him and believe and follow the the example that he sets for everyone. And all the players in the league understand just how great he is and how much better he will become. So don't hit me with, oh, well, the media is out to get us and the NBA is out to get us because Fitz – the NBA would have loved nothing more than to continue to push Ja as the next face of the game. The part about being an American and being able to connect with so many different people across so many different spectrums is crucial. And you know what? Ja gave it up because of the decisions that he made. It's not too late for him to turn things back around and get some of that goodwill back. But that was the middle of October when the season started and Kevin Durant said John Morant is the face of the NBA moving forward and we are sitting here in the middle of June and we are wondering how he'll be able to come back and if he will face the man in the mirror and realize what he has to do in order to make it happen. Incredible perspective from Nick Friedle and I will just, I'll remind everybody that 
if you're Memphis, you're looking around and you are just you're going crazy right now because you've got the you've got the thing, the thing that every franchise wants, which is the superstar the league will build around. You have an ability like we're not that to your point, we're not that far removed from a Christmas Day game and what that was supposed to mean for the yep. brand of the Memphis Grizzlies being one of the building blocks for the NBA moving forward. Like this branding opportunity for Memphis matters. This chapter matters for Memphis. This is the opportunity for Memphis to change the way their franchise is seen for the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Like this is that we talk all the time about stars leaving behind franchises. This is that moment for a star to single-handedly lift a franchise. Wow, by the way, they have the defensive player of the year and another young marketable star. Memphis could become the hottest thing in the NBA. They could be selling jerseys. They could be selling tickets. They could be all over television. They could be an absolute blockbuster box office item if Jock could just get it right. And it's not about get it right on the court. That's the maddening part because he's got it right on the court. There is no question on the court. He is and has the capability of being one of the best players in the world. He's got to get the rest of the distractions gone. All right, and if he does that, maybe they get a title. Speaking of titles, one team celebrating a title and one team that might be one move away from celebrating one next year. We'll talk about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Strip to Fremont Street. Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. And the Raiders to the Aces. Touchdown! Adams for Las Vegas. What's cashing in Vegas this week? Love, kids. You're in Vegas. On Fitz and Harry. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Nick Friedel in for Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Hanging out with you. And uh, what's cashing in Vegas has particularly special meaning for me today. Because as you know, if you follow me on social media, Nick, over the weekend, I had the chance to go to my first championship parade. I have uh, been obviously a maniac of a sports fan my entire life. I have a Raiders tattoo because of my Raiders fandom. And I grew up in Vegas. And as I said, when the Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup, it wasn't just about Vegas or it wasn't just about the Golden Knights winning the cup. It's about what it meant for the city of Las Vegas. I grew up in a Vegas that was stereotyped a certain way and there was never going to be pro sports. People see the t- the city as particularly mob oriented, all of these things that I dealt with as a kid. Uh, people saw it some kind of way. The winning of championships changes so much of that. And this was my first ever championship parade. And I want to take a second, first and foremost, and say the experience. Like, I got to give a shout out to Nomad uh, at the MGM. It was incredible. I was staying in this suite. I cannot believe it. Uh, My buddy got me in. They had a Vegas Golden Knights bottle of red wine from 2016. It was incredible. Yeah, if you're watching in the app, they've got the suite up there. Uh, they, They had a little basket of snacks. I mean, they took care of absolutely everything you could ever ask for. It's the most spoiled I have ever felt on any trip I have ever made to Las Vegas in my entire life. I'm staying 
in this epic suite with an cre- incredible tub. Like it was everything you could ever imagine. Went down. I was able to to hang out at the Park MGM down there, which is the affiliate of the Golden Knights, the casino. It, it was wild to see the fandom, to see everybody just gravitating to it. It was incredible. Watch part of the parade from down at Cabo Wabo down by Planet Hollywood. Had a reserve table there, so I was able to see the buses fly by. Then went over, went to the room, watched part of the parade, came downstairs, stood with everybody as you watch drones above T-Mobile Arena create a huge lit Stanley Cup with the Vegas Golden Knights logo. But here's what hit me, Nick. You've been covering sports a long time. What was incredible to me, and you know this from the guys that you cover in the NBA, nobody wants it more than an athlete. I understand that. But when an athlete wants to change teams, they do. When they want to go look out for what's best for their future, they do. For fans, you don't do that. You don't have that opportunity. And what was really incredible was seeing what a championship meant, not just for the city of Las Vegas, but for Golden Knights fans. Like to watch grandpas and grandkids all in tears, just seeing the Stanley Cup in front of them was a great reminder as much as what we do is all about this, right? Everything that we get to cover, whether it's talking about sports, going to sports, writing about sports, playing sports, it all happens because there's a group of people that sacrifice everything they have monetarily, everything they have in their lives with their relationships. They sacrifice so much of their time and their emotion for a brand that they've fallen in love with. To see a city come together that way for a championship, for a brand, and see what it meant to everybody, man, it was powerful. I don't know how many championship parades. I know you've covered the league long enough to see them. But when you're actually standing in it and you're hearing go nights, go chants up and down the strip until three in the morning, man, it just hit different. Fitz, hearing that, I've got goosebumps. Because what it reminds me of, you had your experience growing up in Las Vegas. And you've talked a lot about, and we've talked about, how much that meant to you. I think everybody has that one team or that one city that they associate themselves with. And when they see it finally happen, for me, it was the Cubs in 2016. That was my team. My grandma, who recently just passed at 93, lived an unbelievable life. She taught me the game. We connected through sports. So the first call that I made in Cleveland at Game 7, when that game ended, was to my grandma, who was in tears. And you realize how powerful not only sports can be and the bond between team and city, but the bond that family members can have in supporting uh, those teams and those players at once. And so I am ecstatic for you that you had that opportunity. It it really reminded me in watching some of the highlights that there is that that other Vegas that as a tourist you don't see a lot of when you go in, you go to the Strip, you have fun, and you're out. But there is... A, a family there. There is a city there, and it's been built up over time. But I think anybody who has followed sports or who has been able to cheer on their team with their family and their friends over time, what you describe resonates no matter where you're from and no matter what team you root for because of how special it is inside here. He's Nick Fidel. I'm Jason Fitz. It speaks to identity. You know, It speaks mm-hmm. to identity, and that's one of the coolest things. You know, the Miami Heat fans, we, we have some, you know, Federica works on our show. She's a huge Miami fan. And, and you know, part of the identity for her is is it's the city, you know. And I, I think what was missing for me for a lot of years in life as a sports fan 
is that when you grow up in Vegas, you didn't always have teams. So, like, I grew up a Raiders fan because they were in L.A. when I was a kid. My dad's a big Raiders fan. So, like, that that bonded us together. I'm lucky now that my favorite team happens to be in the city. But you mentioned earlier certain cities. My mom always said when we moved around so much as a kid, you can't ever change what makes you feel like home. You know, yeah. like, there's just certain cities you walk into and you're like, I am home. For me, that's always been Vegas, you know. And, and so to walk back in to a city that is home for me, have Nomad treat me so incredibly beautifully, which I'll always be thankful for. Uh, incredible. I'm not sure I can ever stay anywhere else now that I'm this spoiled. But then also to have that experience with the city, man, that's just, that resonates. And the one thing that I will say about championship parades, because I I heard everybody at the parade talking about, you know, back to back, back to back. I remember covering the Preds when the Preds went to the Stanley Cup final in Nashville. And the concept in that city was, man, you know what? This team's good. It's built. It's going to be good for the next several years. And they've never sniffed the cup since. The one thing that hit me when I walked around is like, I'm not going to worry about what's next. I'm not going to worry about how many of these you could ever experience. I'm going to let this one moment be this one moment. And it's so rare with what we do for a living, but so powerful to just stand there and say, hey, I may never get this again, so I'm going to soak every— Like, I can honestly tell you, I was way more drunk at Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final than I was at the parade afterwards, right? Like, for me, it was about, hey, you never know when you're going to see this again. And a parade going down the Las Vegas Strip, man, like, I, I don't know how they did it in Chicago. I don't know how they do it in other cities. But, man, a parade going down the Vegas Strip, ending at T-Mobile, it's fire. That's a fire look. Fitz, I just can't imagine the party all day long in a party town like Vegas— to sit there and see everybody rolling down the strip in the floats and enjoying the moment and embracing what they got. I, I can only imagine what a great memory that will be, not just now, but forever. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. You mentioned forever. The one, the last thing I'll say about this, and I again, I appreciate you guys letting me wax on about Vegas. The last thing I'll say is this. You see those little kids watching that trophy? Like you see those little kids watching the cup go up and you see the way they celebrated with, you know, Stanley cups in hand, like mock cups in hand. I'm just telling you, uh, Vegas Golden Knights are going to have fans for generations because of that moment. Like you want to figure out how to make a city and a, a team really bond together. That's one of the ways to do it. Kudos. Well done to Vegas. Well done to the Golden Knights. Future Hall of Famers on the move. Where to? We'll break that down next. Fitz and Harry. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 